Welcome to The Determined Mom Show, the only marketing podcast dedicated to guiding mom CEOs into tranquility, wealth, and multiplying those precious moments. Welcome to this episode of The Determined Mom Show. Today, we have Kelly Whitman with us, and she is a brand strategist and designer from Wit & Company. Welcome, Kelly. Hi, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, definitely. I'm very excited for you to be here because we are going to talk about getting clear on your brand strategy to guide your branding decisions. And I love this topic because if you're not clear, then how are you going to do anything? And also how are you going to make those strategic decisions in your business? So I'm very excited that you're here to give us all of the information we need to do that. Yes. It's going to be a great conversation. I'm excited to dive in with you. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about you, how you got started in doing what you're doing and your background. Sure. I got, I've been in business for about three and a half years, um, a little more than that. And I got started in a pretty organic way. Uh, My husband and I bought our first house five and a half years ago now, and we started a home renovation blog. And that was kind of my way to dip my toe into the uh, digital entrepreneurship space. Through blogging, I was able to make some connections with other bloggers and started offering them digital marketing services. And my background is in advertising and marketing. So it was a, a pretty good fit. And through that, Wit & Company was born. And I stepped into the branding role when a friend reached out and her husband wanted to start this salsa company and they needed some branding and marketing collateral. And they asked if I would help with that. I was like, sure, you know, why not? Let's just see how it goes. Um, I have the graphic design experience just through my nonprofit marketing background. Um, but this was the first branding client that I had taken on. And this was about, um, you know, like I said, about three and a half years ago. And I absolutely fell in love with the process. I fell in love with branding and the design and how everything works together and the challenge of bringing their vision to life and the collaboration and everything about this process from start to finish was so much fun. And the rest is history. I started, you know, did a big pivot in my business to really focus on branding and website design. And I've been doing that ever since. And it's been wonderful. That's awesome. I love that you got started through your friends. Like, I think that's amazing that you were able to help them and also kind of dip your toe into that field without having like this huge, like, you know, like high pressure client, like not saying that your friends, like you don't want to perform for them, right? Give them a great branding process and experience, but it's a little less pressure than if you had gotten like some random business that was like, I need you to redo my brand. And you'd be like, Oh my goodness. It allowed you to kind of ease into it. I love that. Absolutely. And I, like you said, it takes the pressure off. And as I'm thinking about just my business journey, a lot of the decisions have been made from that place of just leading into what's feeling good and kind of letting it organically happen because then as moms, right. Um, I'm just learning this, but we have so much pressure on ourselves and other aspects of our life. And in order to, it's just made the business part of my life a lot easier to not have that pressure. And of course, right. It still happens. (laughs) We do the best that we can. Um, I think starting out that way kind of had a good foundation for me. And from a mindset perspective of, okay, this is how I can approach it. And it's led to some really beautiful things and journey along the way that doesn't have, you know, might be different if it started out in a more pressurized way, like you were saying. Yeah. I love it. So let's go ahead and dive right in. So what can we do 
to get clear on our brand strategy? Oftentimes, especially as new business owners, I think this is probably the best place to start. We can all relate. I did it myself. You know, we, we start a business and the first thing, or one of the first things is let's find a logo and Mm -hmm. we dive into Etsy or start looking at Pinterest or just Googling um, different logos. And we end up with something that's great, you know, a good fit for where we're at. But oftentimes when I end up working with clients who have existing brands, they'll come to me and say, this doesn't feel right. It doesn't align with what I want, or I'm changing my mind every month or two months, or even every day I find something different that looks great. And then I want to try that. And I'd rather have a brand that really feels good and makes me confident in how I'm showing up. The purpose of having a brand strategy and really digging into that before working on your visuals is to have that clarity so that you can have a logo that feels good and the visuals make you confident in your business and confident in how you show up. So starting with strategy is the way that we can create and guide or guide our visuals to create that visual brand that feels good. What I mean by the strategy is the plan, right? So the plan for communicating your brand and how you want your brand to show up. And the process that we go through with our clients is to really dig into four brand pillars, which is or are who you serve, what you're offering, how you want to show up, and why you believe in the work. So those are really the four places that we dig into and that then guide those visuals, like the colors, the fonts, the logos. And if you'd like, we can dig into each of those four, um, if that might be a good fit for your audience. Yeah, that would be great. I'm sure that they would love that. Cool. Okay. So we start with who, which again, I think oftentimes when we're just getting started, we think, oh, I'm just going to work with everyone, you know, right. Raise your hand. If you had that thought cross your mind, me too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But the benefit of deciding and determining and getting some clarity around who that is, is so that your messaging and then your visuals can really attract and pull in that right person. If we go in with the mindset of, you know, I'm going to work with everyone when you're showing up for your business and showing up for your brand, how it makes really tailoring that message and how you can help them and you know what you're offering to specifically their problems it makes that more challenging so getting clear on the who and i i don't really advocate for doing more of the demographics you know oftentimes when we think about the buyer persona or your ideal client people jump into well you know let's talk about you know their income and what their gender is and what um, where they live and that's more beneficial from an advertising perspective but when we do it from branding I really like to get into more of their psychological viewpoints of like what are their pain points what's the story that they're telling themselves about the problem so you know, thinking about what's keeping them up at night. Where do they want to be? What does success look like for them? More of those questions that dig into who they are as a person rather than the demographics of where they live, if that makes sense. That makes total sense. And I love that you differentiated between the advertising persona or kind of like even the marketing, like if you're doing social media posts, like you need to know who you're talking to, but for branding, you need to know what their problem is and how you're going to solve it, right? Right. And then that guides the marketing and the advertising, right? So if you know those psychological 
the story, right? So those more personality driven and character driven attributes of that person and that ideal client, that will then help you to decide the advertising metrics or your marketing message for that thing that you want to offer and making it more clear for that person from a demographic standpoint. You know, they all lead into each other and they all work together. So it can get a little confusing, but when you start with the brand, the who from a branding perspective, then it really naturally guides that the additional things like marketing and advertising. I will say that I was very, and I think this is maybe a common thing, but I was very resistant to identify that. And I think it's something that I see in a lot of businesses that they don't want to narrow it down. They feel like, you know, I could work with anyone. I could work with this person and that person and that other person. And just, do you have any advice for people like, why you need to do it, you know, like get it done. (laughs) Yes. And it's totally common. I was there too. And I struggle with it myself. And I think what I tell my clients, I will say 100% of my clients, we have this conversation because they say the same thing. Well, I want to work with this person. And I also want to work with this person. And when you decide and making that decision on who you want to work with from a branding perspective, it doesn't mean that you can't or have to say no to other people in outside of that persona. I think about it like a, I heard this from another branding professional who explained it like a target. When you communicate on behalf of your brand, you always want to aim for, you know, the bullseye, right? But thinking about the outer rings, those people can still be attracted to what you're saying and your brand. You're just giving them and empowering them to make a decision. But your goal is to always aim at the bullseye. That's why getting clear on who that person is, is so that you can get closer and closer to the bullseye. So that when that specific person hears your message and they experience your brand, they're like, heck yes, this is totally for me. They're a 100% in versus when you try to attract everyone, you're kind of shooting all over that target. You're not really aiming at the bullseye and the message isn't as strong. And when someone experiences your brand, they're more so and more apt to be like, meh, maybe she's for me. I don't know because it's not clear versus that person who, when you're really focused in and intentional about talking to that specific person, it's a 100% heck yes. I want Mm -hmm. to be in their sphere of influence and work with them. Yeah, I agree. And when you first said target, I was actually thinking of like target the store and, (laughs) but as you were talking, like everything that you said completely applied to them. Cause like everything is red. They have like a really strong brand message. They have, you know, like all of these things that you're like describing is like exactly what, so it's kind of like both of them fit in a way. (laughs) 100% target is headquarters here. I'm from Minnesota. So I have a target has a very special place in my heart. So anytime you want to talk target, I am there for it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Um, Yes. So I think it's totally common and totally normal to have that scarcity. I think about it as a scarcity mindset of, I can't focus on, you know, that person because what if someone else doesn't want me? And I think just to put a, a button on that or to put a bow on it is that you can still say yes to people who are outside of that ideal client. So an example for me in my own personal business, I generally work with service providers and people who are selling their self or selling a service as an expert. And this year um, in January, I had someone reach out to me who was starting a in-person youth community center 
not near or not in my specific ideal client. That's not who I'm marketing to, but she happened to find me on Pinterest and we got on a call. Personality was a great fit. And that's a huge belief for me is that our personalities have to mesh because branding is a vulnerable and it's a personal process. And I sent over my information. I empowered her to be able to make a decision of whether or not it was going to be a good fit. She knew by going on my website who I enjoyed working with or who I was for, who I was positioned to work for. But she was able to then make that decision of whether or not she wanted to and ended up working out. We ended up working together, having a great time. But I gave her the information of, you know, this is outside of my norm, but we work really well together. We've got a good rapport. So if you want to do this, let's do it. And it was more empowering, I think, for her because she had all the information and it wasn't like me saying, oh, you know, maybe, maybe this will work. Maybe it won't. The messaging wasn't mixed. It was very clear. And then, like I said, she got to make that decision. So I think we forget that the decision can also be in that ideal client or that potential client Um, by focusing on who you want to work with and really honing in on the who you're still giving them the power to make that decision, um, which is something that I think can get lost. Definitely can get lost very easily. So once we figure out the who, the next step is to really dig into that why. So why do you believe, you know, the work matters? Why are you doing the work? Why do you show up every single day? And by getting clear on this, you're really tapping into an emotional place for your brand, but then also letting that ideal client in your community and your audience dig into and identify with and connect with something at an emotional level with your brand. So when we are clear on that why, why we're showing up, we're giving that our audience something to hold on to and to build a relationship with on a deeper level, right? From a trust perspective, we've all, I think, heard that quote of you do business or people do business with those that they know, like, and trust. And this why really digs into that trust piece and building that trust and connection and relationship with your audience. I love that. It's paramount that people trust you in your business. And other than having those one-on-one calls, which, you know, are difficult to get to if they don't know you, right. If they don't like you. And then of course, if they don't trust you, they're not going to, you know, even book that call to begin with. So there has to be some kind of baseline of that. And I love that you say that it, it basically comes from your branding, right? Absolutely. And that's where it starts. And that's the strategy, right? Communicating the plan for that communication and your brand. And this is really the heart and soul of that brand of why are you doing the work and what's that purpose and the intention behind it. And it gives someone an opportunity to like I said, you know, dig in and and build that connection with you so that you can start establishing that trust. Because if you talk about, you know, this is why I'm showing up and then you continue to share that message in your marketing or in your advertising and that consistency, and you're really honing in on that, why you're giving someone a certain expectation. And that's something that they can believe in. Right. And that's, and they can connect with and really dig into lean into that message. Yeah, that makes sense. It makes it kind of, I don't know if if this makes sense, but I get a feeling of like relief from that one. Like a feeling of like, ah, okay, that part's over, you know, not like, (laughs) not, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, I have that part covered and I feel relief knowing that like my brand is sound. And I feel like, is that the biggest pillar or 
or the other one? I would say like, so. Um, okay. Yeah. Because it's from a place of, you know, it, emotion, it has such an, a strong emotion behind it when you can get clear on that why. And similar to who you're working with, when you identify the why and start sharing it, you're also back to this empowerment. You're empowering other people to identify their why and get clear on their why. Um, I spoke at a retreat a few years ago with a for travel agents. And one of the audience members, attendees, she said, well, what if my why right now is that I just want to travel more? That's why I'm selling it so that I can make the money so that I can travel more. It's you know selfish and it's not this altruistic, which we oftentimes think that our why has to be. And yes. For her, you know, we had this really great conversation of that's okay because you're empowering other people to own their why and say, well, I just want to do X, Y, and Z and it's not altruistic and that's fine. It's because it comes from a place that's true and with integrity and it's meaningful to you, you're allowing other people to discover what's meaningful to them. Even if it's not like, I want world peace, you know, it doesn't have to be this big thing. It can be something as simple as I just want to make some more money so that I can do X, Y, and Z. It comes down to you wanting to live, you know, your life, your get that freedom. And by owning that you help others do the same. That's perfect. All right. So what is pillar number three? Yes. So number three is really is the what. So what are you offering? What is that problem that you're solving? And by getting clear on this, you're helping to communicate that transformation of, you know, who going back to this, the who, right? So we're starting with who you want to serve. What are they struggling with and who do they want to become? What does the success look like for them as it relates to what you're offering? And by getting clear and really articulating what that looks like for you, you can then, you know, position how you show up and how you talk about your work and your business and your brand from that place, keeping that in mind. Um, I think the best question that I always ask and really dig into is what is that number one problem that you're solving for? the person, um, that potential client, the customer and identifying what that is so that you can continue to show up and share that message consistently in a way that they understand. I think oftentimes, even from a, a communication standpoint, we can use language that we use as the business owner that we know. And this really I encourage you to get into that frame of mind of who are you serving and what kind of language would they use? So for example, for me, from a branding space, a lot of times potential clients will say, well, I need a logo and they'll not necessarily knowing that we actually need to dig in and do the whole branding process because that the language and the communication is different because my knowledge and my experience is different from where they're coming from, which is totally fine. But this is getting back into you know how we communicate. Our brand is using their language to define what their problem is and, and what success looks like for them from their perspective rather than ours because they're two different experiences and two different ways to talk about it based off of what we know in our knowledge. And you brought up a little thought in my head of the fact that it does take this whole process of creating this brand strategy to create a really cohesive logo. And I think about like the logos that people get off of Fiverr and, you know, like all of those sites where like, you're just paying some random person somewhere in the world, like to try to like get your brand. And it just, almost never works. Like I've never, <laughs> like, it's just one of those things that just came into my head. I'm like, 
yeah, that, that really doesn't work at all. And that's why, you know? Yeah. And I will say, you know, there's a time and a place 100% for doing something like Fiverr. I always recommend that if you're just starting out and you don't have clarity on who you want to work with, um, you know, why you're doing it, you're kind of just off the cuff of, Hey, I want to you know maybe start a business and I need to discover it along the way. Um, that's totally fine. And investing in a full brand probably isn't the best fit of your time and resources. So both energy and money, because you're still discovering that and that's okay. Right. You know, you, it's great to have visuals because it does give you the confidence to get out there. And the way that you get clear on the who, the what, the why, the how is by taking action. So getting started and going to, and buying, you know, a template from Etsy or on Fiverr or 99 designs, whatever the case may be totally fine because then once you have that clarity, once you've taken that action and after, you know, a couple months or six months or a year, whatever that time frame looks like, then you have the information you need to create a brand that does feel right to create a logo that does fit and align with your business and your brand and where you want to go and your version of success and all of the great things that a brand should be doing and can be doing for your business. Um, but if you don't have that information from the beginning, it's harder to get something that does feel good. Yes. I, I have that very same experience that you're talking about because I, my business has evolved from me being a virtual assistant into like marketing technology into coaching and into like now Google my business. Like this is where I live now, but it took all of that evolution, but I had no idea. Like I was totally in that fiber space at the beginning. Like I had no idea and just the, where it has evolved to, I would have never guessed. So I think you, you hit that one right on the head there. Yeah. And how can we guess, right? Because it is, I mean, anyone who's been in business for more than um, half a day (laughs) will probably be able to know that it's a a roller coaster and it's constantly making these decisions to choose which path, you know, kind of the, the pick your own journey books and you never, you can't predict and you never know. And that's challenging, but also I think one of the most fun and exciting things about being a business owner is that you don't exactly know what's going to happen. And to your, mine's the same way. I started with a blog and who knew I'd end up with a branding studio. So yeah, (laughs) um, you never know. And that's, that's what makes it fun. But I think also to the point of figuring out and investing your time and energy and resources, determining, you know, wisely upfront. And I, I don't say that to be Maybe that's not the best word of choice, but understanding that if you, I think you knew, and I know I did from the beginning too, I didn't know what this was going to be. Um, mm-hmm. And some people do when they jump in and start their business, they're like, yes, this is exactly, I know who I want to work with. Um, I know what I'm for. Like, for example, the, the gal that I worked with at the beginning of the year, who was doing the community center, you know, that's, she was investing in a building. So she knew, you know, this mm-hmm. is what I want. And it was a little bit more less flexible and less fluid. So we were able to, as a new business owner, do and go through the branding process because she had a lot of clarity in applying for a business loan and getting all of that, the steps that were necessary prior to doing the branding versus I think in the digital space, it can be a little bit easier to just try different things because the barrier to entry is so low and it doesn't require a lot of investment um, upfront or to get started. Yes, that's 100% accurate. And it's that evolution that I absolutely love. And I love seeing other people um, in my sphere and in my community go through that because I've seen so many women like start at one place like four years ago and now they're in like this completely different place like it's not even anywhere on the spectrum of the same thing but they're just doing so well at it I love seeing that 
isn't it so fun just to be a part of that journey and, and yeah, to see that evolution and not know, I mean, back to the exciting thing about being a business owner is you don't know. And then being witness to someone else's journey is yes. just, it's so much fun. Oh, it's so much fun. It is. That's one of my favorite parts. And that's why I do so much networking and try to meet so many different people from everywhere because everybody has such interesting journeys and you know, how they got to where they are. Absolutely. It is absolutely. And everyone's just so different. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. just the beauty of it. So that's totally off topic, but (laughs) what about pillar number four? Uh, um, Yes. The last and final pillar for getting that brand strategy clarity uh, is how you want to show up. So this is probably the most the pillar that has the most direct reflection on the visuals. And what I mean by that is this one really focuses on, you know, how do you want people to feel, to think when they experience your brand? So getting into emotions, which then play a really strong role in the visuals. So for example, if someone experiences your brand, um, whether it's on your website or scrolling through social media or getting an email, you know, and you want them to feel grounded and sophisticated and elegant, the colors and the fonts that you'll use, not only in your logo, but also in your entire brand identity is going to be a lot different than if you want someone to feel, you know, strong and empowered and loud. Um, So this pillar really does a great job of guiding those visuals specifically based off of emotions, which gets down to like color psychology and getting into different, the colors that we use and the types of fonts that we use can really evoke certain emotions. So being intentional about how do I want people to feel and think, and then using certain colors and fonts and even graphics. So are you going to be using straight lines or more abstract elements? You know, they all can help and support the feeling and thoughts that you want people to have when they experience your brand. I love that. And that goes into the web design part of it a lot, right? Because it's one of the biggest places where, you know, your brand is featured and the place kind of where your brand lives, right? Because every element of that website has got to reflect your brand. Absolutely. And it's an opportunity too for you to have fun and to showcase that personality and your specifically your website because it's such a large amount of real estate that's solely dedicated to your business and your brand it's a great way for you to bring out that personality and to really hone in and extrapolate you know what are those feelings and then with intention share them on your website so you know great way to use colors or a great opportunity to use colors and fonts and even getting into the brand photography that you have so if you're working with a photographer if you depending on those feelings are you going to be doing white you know backdrops and very light bright airy photos or are you going to have something that's a little bit darker and moodier more wood grain you know things like that you can have a lot of fun with it um when and it's a lot easier to i think when you have the the structure and the outline it gives you some creative flexibility to yes stay within the parameters but try new things and and bring in some more of that personality based off of what you're you're wanting that experience to be yeah i love that i just did recently i had a lot of fun and i don't do websites by the way so just if anybody's listening that's not my deal but I do. However, if someone uh, reaches out to me 
and I have a good working relationship with them already. And they really, really want me to do their website. I will do it. So I did a website for a nonprofit in Houston and it was so much fun. And their brand colors were just super fun. And like, it's all about dance and they have beautiful pictures. And that was like the most fun I've ever had doing a website ever. And that is exactly what you're like evoking in my mind when you're talking about all of those things. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, to your point is when you have, I wholeheartedly believe, and I love that you use this example, when you have the clarity and everything is in place, it makes the process of creating, whether it is the website or even just an Instagram feed graphic or story graphic or your email, it makes the creation process fun and easy or with filled with ease. You know, it's not, you don't necessarily then have to go back to, okay, well, should I use these fonts because I'm not feeling them? And this color doesn't feel good. Like you have the structure and the the guidelines in place so that that's one thing your brain doesn't have to focus on because it's already there. You can then move to what would this look like if it was fun and how can I bring some fun and personality into the process based on these guidelines. And it just, it takes that brain power on things that we probably don't need to be spending time on, like scrolling through Canva, looking for another font or yeah, trying to exactly. find another color. <laughs> yep. um, and then you can focus on the things that actually move the needle, like the, the messaging and those, the marketing and the advertising that will grow your business with intention. And I think it just makes the whole process of marketing yourself and showing up for your business exciting and more exciting because you, you know what to do. Yes. I love it. So all of this, these four pillars, if I'm getting this correct, help you, as long as you have these foundations as foundational pillars, they are going to help you to basically guide your, all of your branding choices going forward. Yes. 100%. When we, this is especially great if you're in this space where you have spent the last four hours scrolling through Canva, trying to find fonts (laughs) or looking at yet another color scheme. I would recommend going back to this. Are you clear on who you want to serve, what you're offering, why you're doing the work and how you want people to feel when they experience your brand? More often than not, you'll have some ambiguity in there, um, which is why the visuals aren't feeling right or you keep going back to the drawing board um, because it's not necessarily done with intention. And that being said, we have to start somewhere and these pillars and these items they can change. And, you know, as you know, right. And we are both perfect examples of this. The business will grow as we grow and the brand will grow as we grow. The point of getting the clarity on those four pillars is so that you establish a foundation and a baseline for what to work from. Um, So that if you are, as your business evolves, you can then go back to, okay, my, I'm going to update my ideal client. Is this going to impact then my visuals? Um, So if you're pivoting from maybe working in the corporate space and targeting, you know, CEOs to maybe working more with, I don't know, in the digital space and targeting young millennial females, you know, something like that, where Mm -hmm. you have a totally different type of person with different problems and the different stories that will affect your visuals. So this is just a great way to keep going back to that drawing board or that foundation rather to see, is this a good fit? And how are my visuals um, aligning with these four foundations? That is very powerful. And I hope that everyone listening has taken a lot away from everything that you've shared with us today. And hopefully they're going to be working on their four pillars if they haven't already. 
And so where is the best place for people to get in touch with you and people to learn more about, um, you know, your blog as well as your company? Yes, absolutely. You can find me at witandcompany.com and I have a weekly newsletter. That's the best way to stay connected. Uh, we release the branded chat every Friday morning. Uh, so if you're looking for branding and business resources, uh, that's a great place to start as well as our blog. We do weekly posts. Awesome. And do you have any social media platforms that you hang out with or hang out on? Um, I know you have an infant, so most likely the answer <laughs> is no to that, but I'm just checking. Um, I do have, you know, Facebook, we post regularly on there, but I am not much of a, a social media uh, person. I'm on an Instagram sabbatical. I've been on for about a, a year and a half now. And totally understand. I, yeah. Um, so definitely the website and our newsletter is the best place to connect with me. Um, you can, you can follow along on our social media, which is LinkedIn, uh, Facebook and Instagram, but we're not super active on there. Okay. That's good. I love, I, I personally love that. Um, the reason is because I really feel like if you're at a place in your business that you want to be, you don't necessarily need to be as active on those things. And I love that you're at that point. So, yeah, it's a great place to be. And I would, I think, you know, it's for me, it's allowed me to show up with more intention in the places that I actually want to show up in, right. Versus, you know, investing energy. And I shouldn't say that I do have a virtual assistant who manages our Facebook and, and LinkedIn. So it's, that's allowed me as well. But I think to the point of, you know, when you get to a place in your business, you can make those decisions and you show up better because you actually want to be in those spaces rather than feeling like you have to. Yes. Yes. That's the key. The have to versus the want to. I yeah. love it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us, Kelly. We truly appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for having me on. It was great to talk to you. Thank you. This episode of the determined mom show is brought to you by Google growth generator. This 21 day email course will help you learn to optimize your Google, my business listing in the same way that we do for our clients here at TDM marketing. Our client, a baby sleep specialist got 126.32% more website visits in the first month after her optimization was completed. Another client, a chiropractic practice got 26.67% more phone calls in the first month after optimization was completed. And finally, our client who is a residential cleaning service got 61.11% more website visits in the first month after optimization. If you're not sure if Google My Business optimization is for you, listen to what Kristen Ratten from Kristen Ratten Content Services had to say about her optimization. I hired Amanda to optimize my Google My Business listing and within 10 days, my views were up 150%. This may be one of the most valuable things I've ever done for my business. And Amanda made it quick, easy, and painless. If you are ready to get started with your Google My Business optimization, go over to gomybusiness.com. That's G-O-mybusiness.com forward slash growth.